This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa bihi nasta'inu ala amuri dunya wa ad-deen. Wa al-aqibati al-muttaqina wa la'udwani illa ala zalimeen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. ومن اهتدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعا بدعوته الى يوم الدين ان شاء الله تعالى we're continuing our regular weekly tafsir class where we are uh, reading through surah al-baqarah and uh, last week we stopped at verse 106 we are coming towards the end of where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about uh, the ummah of the yahud and what transpired between them and the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in medina and what transpired between them and Musa alayhi uh, salam before, of course, the Prophet's time. And we came to a verse that deals with abrogation, right? Last week we spoke about the concept of naskh, to abrogate something. And why is the conversation of abrogation being held? And why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is discussing the issue of abrogation and naskh during this time? First, like we mentioned last week, what is abrogation? The word naskh from the Arabic language it has two meanings. It means to um, do naqal of something, to uh, copy something. This is why, uh, Allah talks about that He would write down that which we have been doing. So it comes from that, which is to, and another one is to, to lift something. In this context, it is to lift a ruling that was present and change it with another ruling. To lift a ruling that was present and change it with another ruling. Or in the context of the Yahud, to remove a book and replace with another. Which book is removed in their context? The Torah. And it is replaced with what? With the Quran. And they are being asked to follow. And then they try to use that as a problem and a contradiction and say, if the Torah was the truth from Allah, why would we need another truth? If the Torah is the truth, that should be enough. Muhammad, what you are bringing us does not make sense. This was the same reason why they refused Prophet Isa, right? We know that the Yahud, they do not accept Prophet Isa salam. Absolutely they do not, right? Uh, and uh, as Muslims, we are in the middle path with regards to Isa salam, al-Masih. Uh, and we believe that uh, the Messiah, Isa salam, is a prophet of Allah and that he is a abd of Allah, a servant of Allah and a prophet. He is a servant, so he won't be worshipped. He's a messenger so he won't be denied or rejected This is our belief Then you have two extremes Those that denied his prophethood And denied him altogether like the The Yahud And those that deified him like who? Like the Nasara So what was the argument of the Yahud For rejecting Jesus or Isa? They said You brought something new We're gonna stick with our Torah Because one of the statements that Isa said was Right, I'm gonna make halal for you that which is haram for you. And they're like, no, no, we don't accept that. How can you do that? The Torah must stand. Now, what's very hypocritical about this is that they never used to follow the Torah to begin with, and we've got many examples of that previously. So, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is now dealing with this issue of: Is there anything wrong, or is there any problem with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala legislating something, saying, okay, do this now, and then later saying, okay, do something else? And the argument is that they're making, if Allah knew something else was better, why tell us this to begin with? 
And that shows that something is wrong And with regards to God He shouldn't be doing abrogation Because abrogation proves that God changed his mind Or that he changed what he wanted He tells us do this first And then do something else First you were praying towards Jerusalem And now you're praying towards Mecca Why is that? Right? So this is the, the, the argument they're trying to build And we answer this argument With the aql and with the naql we can answer this similar, simple argument of why did Allah legislate two different things? Or why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislate one thing and then change it and bring something else? We say, if you use common sense, isn't it feasible? Isn't it logical that, for example, let's use the example of a doctor. A doctor, Harun comes to the doctor and he's sick. And the doctor says, well, for the next five days, take this medicine and then come back to me. And then after five days, he takes the medicine for five days, he comes back and he says, okay, now I'm going to put you on another one. This means that the doctor knew that for these five days, what was beneficial for Harun? The particular first medicine, and then the second. It has nothing to do with ignorance or not knowing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's best for us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command us something, and then he will change that command based on what's better for us. And the scholars, they say sometimes Allah will change something because it is more virtuous or Allah will, will, will change something to make things easier on us. And we gave examples last week, such as the prayers being 50 and becoming 5, right? Tayyib. So let's read the ayah. Now you know the context, let's read the ayah. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ بَعْدَ عُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ مَا نَنْسَخْ مِنْ آيَةٍ أَوْ نُنْسِهَا نَأْتِ بِخَيْرٍ مِنْهَا أَوْ مِثْلِهَا أَلَمْ تَعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قدير. مَا نَنْسَخْ مِنْ آيَةٍ أَوْ نُنْسِهَا Whenever, whenever we abrogate a verse Or we don't abrogate a verse Nor do we cause it to be forgotten Except We bring a better one in its place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned two things here Abrogation And causing it to be forgotten How can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cause a verse An ayah to be forgotten Or nunsiha Nunsiha means to cause something to forget Sometimes we mentioned last week that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would remove a ruling But the reading would remain There are certain verses in the Quran that we read but we don't act upon them And sometimes Allah would remove the ruling and the recitation So the ruling is not present and the recitation is not present In other words that would be something that will be forgotten Right? This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned another verse that سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا تَنْسَى إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ we will recite to you so don't forget Except that which Allah wills Meaning Allah would sometimes will For something to be forgotten And that's not our concern For Allah removed it from our hearts From the pages From the Prophet So that it won't be acted upon Allah is telling us Whenever we abrogate Or cause something to be forgotten It doesn't happen except We bring something better than it Or equal to it The scholars say Brother Ishkal They said are some ayats better than others? When Allah is saying, بِخَيْرِ مِنْهَا For example, is this verse that has been abrogated then, is the other one better? Do we say there's tafadul fi kalami Allah? Some portions are better than the other? No. That's why they say, بِخَيْرِ مِنْهَا Better than it here means, Allah saying that I will replace it with something better, it's relative, better for you. More beneficial for you. That's what it means. Right? It's anfa' lakum. Right? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes the ruling of 50 prayers, and change it with the five prayers, it is better for us because it's easier for us. Right? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed the ruling from only fasting the day of Ashura in the whole year to fasting the month of Ramadan, it is better for us, it is more rewarding for us. 
So better for you means sometimes easier, sometimes more in reward. And, and then Allah asks a question. Those that are questioning, uh, and by the way, lilfa'idah, this also involves the Torah. Allah did not remove the Torah except He brought something better, the Quran. Right? This, this is also another benefit, right? Uh, or something that is similar to it. Alam ta'alam, do you not know? Alam ta'alam, do you not know? Allah is able to do all things. Allah can do whatever He wants. Allah is capable of doing everything that He wants. So if Allah wants to change a ruling, or remove a ruling, or replace it, or replace a book, or Yehud, if Allah replaced the Torah with the Quran, or Musa with Prophet Muhammad, or a ruling with another ruling, how dare you question it? Don't you know Allah is capable of doing whatever He wants? طيب. ما ننسخ من آية أو ننسيها نأتي بخير منها أو مثلها ألم تعلم أن الله على كل شيء قدير And then Allah asks another question ألم تعلم Know you not أن الله له ملك السماوات والأرض That Allah belongs to the dominion of the heavens and the earth وما لكم من دون الله من ولي ولا نصير And besides Allah you neither have a wali A wali is a protector A wali is a protector May Allah be our wali Which is why the word wali comes from with regards to marriage we call the guardian of the woman that's being married her willy, her protector. The one that has their best interest at heart. The one that is help, protecting them from harm. So Allah is our willy. And we do not have a willy besides Allah, nor a nasir, a helper. A helper. Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention that he has dominion over heavens and the earth after speaking about the Yehud denying the concept of naskh? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us here that... For Allah, He can do whatever He wants. He has, and one of the main evidences of that is He owns everything. He is Al Mudabbir, Al Mutasarrif. He, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, can do whatever He wants. He can change the ruling. He can add to it. He can take away from it, make it easier. It's all up to Allah Almighty. لا يسألوا عما يفعل. We don't question or ask about what Allah does. وهم يسألون, and we will be questioned. And remember, those that are questioning that Allah has dominion over the heavens and the earth. And you have no protector and no helper except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, Allah is your willy and your helper if you obey Him and if you follow Him, including the rulings that are being removed and those that are being replaced with. If you start questioning and doubting, then you will have no willy and no nasir. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about another issue. And this is the issue of questioning. Am turiduna, able turiduna. Rather, you want. And tasalu rasulakum to question your messenger. Allah is saying this is not about the rules being removed and replaced. This is not about naskh. This is about you questioning the messenger. Am turiduna and tasalu rasulakum. Or do you want to question or ask your Rasul, your Messenger? Allah is saying, Rasulakum, your Messenger. Although the khitab, the message is going to the Yahud, who are denying him, Allah is still saying, Rasulakum. Shi'tum am abaytum. Whether you deny or reject, he is your Messenger. Whether you say we don't like him because he's from the Arabs, he's your Messenger. Whether you say we still want the Torah, it doesn't matter, he is your Messenger. Because of the Rasul, he was Mursalun li jami'i khalq. He was called, he was, he was the Messenger of all of mankind. Am turiduna, or do you want, and tas'alu rasulakum to question and ask your Messenger? Kama su'ila Musa min qabl. 
Just like Musa was questioned and asked before. Allah. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Do you want to question your messenger like Musa was? If any one of you that were here with us in the story of Musa, we saw that the Yehud and the, the Ahlul Kitab, the Bani Israel, they would ask him a lot of questions. The, there is no greater evidence than that than in the story of the cow, where they kept on saying, "What is its color? How does it look like? What does it do?" They kept on pestering him with questions over and over again. Similarly, you have they sometimes would ask Prophet Musa questions that are actually um, blasphemous in nature, and they would say like, "Arin Allah jahratan, show us Allah. You want us to believe you? Show us who Allah will billah." And they would be asking these type of questions to Musa salam. And when Allah subhanahu wa refers to this um, uh, When Musa asked them He says Ya qawmi lima tu'udhunani Oh my people why are you harming me These questions were very harmful They were harming the Prophet salam Because they, they were They were very disrespectful in nature And in Islam We are not allowed to ask those type of questions In fact did you know that uh, during the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Certain type of questions were not allowed And the Sahaba were discouraged From many questions The companions They were discouraged from asking too much And there was a reason for that Because sometimes Their questions Would lead to a legislation coming That the people perhaps are not ready for So the Prophet Sallallahu didn't like it He would say don't ask something Because it might Questions like Ya Rasul, is this haram? Is that haram? Is this obligatory? The Prophet didn't like that Because he would say Well what if it does become And you don't have the ability to do so So stop uh, asking Things that you're not ready for An example of that is When the Prophet ﷺ said Ya Iyuhannas kutib alaykum al-hajj fahajju Oh people Hajj has been made obligatory upon you So make hajj And one of the Sahaba said Afi kulli amil ya Rasulullah Is it every year O Prophet of Allah? Is it every year? And the Prophet ignored him and he said again, "If you kulli Rasul, is it every year?" And the Prophet said, "Lo qultu na'am, la wajabat." Or said, "If I say yes, then yes, it would be, and you would never be able to do so." Stop asking questions like that, right? And there were many examples of this. There's one time when the Prophet he was asked about a question, uh, and Allah mentions in the Quran. Allah says, "La tasalu an ashya'in in tubdalakum tasukum." Don't ask about things that when they are clear, made clear for you, this will, this will uh, cause you difficulty. Right? So they were discouraged from that type of questioning. At the same time, they were encouraged of another type of questioning, like Allah says in the Quran, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge when you do not know. So how do you reconcile those two? When you are being encouraged to ask to learn, and you are being discouraged to ask in certain manners. We say, that two types of questionings are discouraged. One is asking for, especially during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, when the wahi was coming down, when the revelation was coming down. The, you, you have to understand, Ikhwan Fillah, the Prophet always wanted things to be made easy for us. And you can see that is something perhaps, uh, you can see how the Prophet ﷺ, when he met Musa, ﷺ, it was Musa that said, your people will not be able to pray 50 times a day, make it less, right? It was Musa that advised him. And that shows you the, the, also the benefit of experience. Musa experienced humanity and experienced Banu Israel, and he knows how people are like. He's saying, listen, 50 is too much, make it less, right? Salawatullahi wa salamu alayhi majma'in. The Prophet ﷺ, often you will find in certain hadith, 
he is saying لَوْلَا أَنْ أَشُقْ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِي لَوْلَا أَنْ أَشُقْ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِي لَأَمَرْتَهُمْ بِالصَّلَاةِ بِالسِّوَاكِ عِنْدَ كُلِّ صَلَاةِ لَوْلَا أَنْ أَشُقْ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِي لَأَمَرْتَهُمْ بِالسِّوَاكِ عِنْدَ كُلِّ وُضُوءٍ لَوْلَا أَنْ أَشُقْ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِي لَأَخَرْتُ الْعِشَاءَ The Prophet ﷺ would say if I wasn't worried if I wasn't worried that things would be too difficult for you, I would have done this and this and this. Example one, the Prophet said, if I wasn't worried that it would be too difficult for you, I would have commanded you to do the miswak, to brush your teeth at every prayer. And he said, if I wasn't worried that it was, was going to be difficult for you, I would have commanded for the brushing of your teeth after, in the kulli wudu, near every wudu. By the way, imagine we did that, Allah. Imagine, how many times would that be? How many wudus do we do a day? Roughly, how many do we do? What someone do? Two, three, four. You know, you can do five if you want, because even if you have wudu, you are recommended to do wudu anyway. It's called tajdidul wudu. It's an it's an ibadah within itself. So uh, imagine you do wudu five times a day, and then you do the siwak five times there, and then at every salah, that's another five times in it. How much is that? Ten. Add to that the Prophet Aisha said, when he entered into his home, kan yabda bi siwak. When he comes inside, he would start with the siwak. And another hadith, when the Prophet wake up, When he wake up, he would also brush his teeth. If we apply the sunnah, we wouldn't have cavities and all these problems, right? Dentists would be out of jobs. Right? Any dentists here? Taib. <laughs> um, uh, how did I get there? The Prophet said though, if I wasn't worried that things would be made difficult for you. Another one, ikhwanifillah, is... Uh, the Prophet preferred to pray Isha late to, to, to pray it later into the night And he did that one day One night The Prophet The Sahaba were waiting To the point where they started getting sleepy The Prophet didn't come out Didn't come out Didn't come out Until very late And when he came out He said If I wasn't worried That it would be, made, it would be difficult for you I would have made Isha this time So what do you learn here from the Prophet He's trying to make things what for us Easy Easy Naam so what are some of the, the things that can make things difficult? A lot of questioning. What is the hukum on that? What if we do it this way? What if so the Prophet ﷺ didn't like that because that could cause the legislation to come and there are examples of that. Um, one example would be when a Sahabi asked the Prophet ﷺ if uh, a, a man uh, catches his spouse uh, cheating, then what would the hukum be? And the Prophet ﷺ didn't like that he was asking this much detail. And what would the ruling of the child be? What would the ruling of the, what should we do? Should we hide it? Should we tell it? And then the verses of Li'an came down. The verses of Li'an came down as a result of that questioning. Um, we will, once, if we ever get to Surah Nur, we'll talk about that, inshallah ta'ala. Tayyip. But the point is, uh, I might as well explain it. Li'an is when, uh, when a, a spouse accuses uh, their, their, uh, their husband or, or vice versa of zina and there's no evidence for it, and there's no evidence for it, then they do something called li'an, which means they publicly curse each other. They will publicly curse each other, and, once, uh, and after that, and it's like it's in the Quran, Surah An-Nur, they have to say that, uh, may Allah's curse of la'anatullahi alayya, إن كنت من الكاذبين أو الخامسة أن لعنت الله عليها أو أغضب الله عليها إن كان من الصادقين. So and after that what happens they walk away and they can never be together again and there's no need for divorce proceedings. They just walk away each one and before that they are reprimanded. Don't do this. Clearly one of you is wrong. Whoever it is, fear Allah. Don't do this. For indeed, عذاب الدنيا أهون من عذاب الآخرة. 
the, the punishment of this world is better than the punishment of the hereafter. The point is, all of these rulings, they came down because of what? Because of someone questioning and asking. And the Prophet did not like that because he wanted to make things easy for us. So that type of questioning is also discouraged. What about nowadays? We're not worried about legislation. Should we ask scholars and muftis all the time? Also no. Only ask what is relevant. Only ask what is beneficial and relevant. Ahmed bin Hanbal, someone came to him and asked him a question. It was something to do with Jannah. In Jannah, are things like this or like that? Ahmed bin Hanbal wasn't happy about that. And he said, uh, ask me something that will benefit you. Ask me something that will benefit you. Because certain details of the deen, right? What did the jinn eat? Right? Uh, stuff like that. This, this is not, it's, not gonna, it's not beneficial for you, right? So ask uh, beneficial uh, questions. But this is clearly not what's happened here. This ayah, uh, some of the scholars, they narrate from Ibn Abbas, like Imam Tabari and others, that it had a reason for revelation. And the reason for revelation was that a man called, uh, a man called um, Wahab ibn Zayd and another one, they directly asked the Prophet something. And they said, uh, why, O oh Muhammad, if you really are a prophet, can't you not bring down from the heavens a book? Right? Actually bring down a, an actual book that we can read. Right? And they ask other questions like that as well. Show us the angels. Right? Why don't you bring the angels so that we can believe you? They asked him, if you're really a prophet, then we want to see rivers flowing in the city. Like they asked him things like that. Right? So these are questions of someone, of, of someone challenging. Right? Someone that is, uh, um, these are not a question of someone that is seeking the truth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then said, Am turiduna and tas'alu rasulakum. Rather, you want to question and ask your messenger, Kama su'ila Musa min qabl, like Musa was asked by the Ben Israel. One of the worst things they asked was, Show us Allah. Right? Arina Allah jahratan. Kama min qabl. And then Allah said, Wa man yatabaddari al kufra. He who changes their faith for disbelief Verily he has gone astray From the right and correct and middle path So here you learn That Allah is calling this type of questioning Of the Prophet Kufr Because it was a questioning of challenging Almost of disbelief If you really are a Prophet Then do this, do that And do this and do that And Allah is saying Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَدَّ كَثِيرٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ لَوْ يَرُدُّونَكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِكُمْ كُفَّارًا حَسَدًا مِنْ عِنْدِ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَدَّ كَثِيرٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ Many of the people of the book, they like or they wish لَوْ يَرُدُّوكُمْ That they can turn you مِنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِكُمْ After your faith, كُفَّارًا into disbelievers. Many of the people of the book, they would wish they would love to turn you uh, into disbelievers after your faith. Why? Why would they like for you to be disbelievers? In other words, Allah is saying that Ahlul Kitab wished that the Sahaba that believed the Prophet wouldn't believe. They wished that they'd stayed disbelievers. Kufarun. Lesh, Limada, Allah Yaqul, Hasadan min indi and Fusihim. Out of envy from their own selves. Out of hasad from themselves. 
After the truth has been made clear for them. And then Allah is saying, these people that are wishing that you became disbelievers out of envy, this clearly shows that they are envious of the companions, right? We know they're envious because they wish that the Prophet was from them. He ended up becoming an Arab from Quraysh. Now the envious of the companions, they wish they didn't believe, but they do believe. And Allah is saying, all of this, after the truth has been made clear for them. They saw the descriptions of Prophet Muhammad in their books. They knew he was a prophet. All of that, it didn't help them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them, okay, so how do you deal with someone that has hatred for you that much? That has envy and jealousy and doesn't want good for you. We mentioned last week, Allah says, that they don't wish that any good comes from Allah from you So clearly we have a problem We have a problem brewing in the community in Medina There's a lot of hatred, a lot of envy, a lot of jealousy Coming from the Ahl Kitab towards the Muslims Right? So how do you then cure that? How do you do ilaj of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَعْفُوا وَصْفَحُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ Yes, there's a lot of hatred from them. Yes, they are doing whatever they can to, to cause you problems. Yes, they are insulting your prophet. They're doing all of this. What should the Muslims do? What should the Sahaba do? Right? Allah said, Fafu, forgive. Wasfahu, and overlook. That was the command they were given. Although you had a community brewing that has hatred, anger, Envy, enmity, animosity towards the Prophet ﷺ That will turn into actual violence later on When they start plotting with Quraysh Because you have to understand One of the things that will happen is The Prophet was in Mecca Who was he dealing with mainly? The Quraysh, right? And they had many problems And the Prophet and the Sahaba They migrated to Medina And who are they dealing with now? With the Yahud and the, and the Munafiqun The hypocrites and the Yahud Then at one point the Quraysh and the Yehud will join forces And this hasad and this hatred Will turn into an actual violence Towards them and plotting against them Right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the believers Fa'fu wasfahu Forgive and overlook Forever Hatta ya'ti Allahu Bi amri Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings his command And what that command is? That command is later on when they transgress, transgress, transgress back. When they harm you, fight back, right? And all of these rulings that came about, Allah, but in the beginning, what did Allah say? Forgive and overlook. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, In Allah ala kulli shayin Indeed, Allah is capable of doing all things. So in other words, Allah is capable of protecting you. Allah is capable of exposing their plots. Allah is capable of turning their hearts. Allah is capable of anything that He wants. So don't worry too much, Right? I want to go back to one thing that's quite interesting Allah says that their main reason For um, Wanting the, the believers To turn away from the faith Is hasad, envy And Allah mentions hasad in the Quran a few times Allah says Are they going to envy people from what Allah gave them From his bounty and blessings and Allah says in Surah Al-Falaq, وَمِن شَرِّ حَاسِدٍ إِذَا حَسَنْ Allah protect us from the envious people when they envy us. So what is hasad, ikhwani fillah? What is hasad? Hasad is to wish for the removal of the blessings from others. Right? You see a brother driving a nice car, you wish he entered into a car crash and that car got pulverized. You saw someone that got married, you wish that their marriage ends up in divorce. 
You saw someone that got a degree, you wish they never get a job. This is an illness, ikhwan Wallahi, if people have has in them, first of all, they're burning up all the time. They can't stand to see good for others. This is what hasid is. It's raja' zawal al-ni'mati al-ghayr. To want the others to lose their good that they have. Not just that, but then also want it for yourself. Step one, you see something, you like it, it's normal to want it for yourself, right? That's, that bit, so far it's normal, right? You see a brother with a, I don't know, with a nice jacket, and you're like, yeah, I wish I had that jacket. So far so good, like, okay, you want it for yourself. Go and buy it, right? But, what if you start wishing that he never had it? Now you're entering into a territory, big mushkila. Now what if you start planning somehow he, he, for him to lose it? You wait outside of the wudu area, when he takes off his jacket, you, you nick it. Right? This is hasid. No, but this is, there's levels to it. There's levels to it, ikhwani fillah. Ibn Shaykh al-Uthameen mentioned this. He said that at first, you just like what they have. He said, even this, to an extent, it's not too healthy. When you start liking what other people have, focus on yourself, akhi fillah. Right? Don't look at other people's lives too much. Right? Okay, their shoes, their jacket, their relationships, and everything. Then, you get to level two, which is, Akhi wallahi, I would be so happy if I found out that brother's car got, or something happened to it or something. Now you're sick. What if you start planning and making plans how to do that? And I'll give you an example, ikhwani fillah. Um, people that are jealous of married couples, right? You just, you're jealous of a brother, I'm speaking to brothers now, it happens to sisters as well. You're jealous of a brother, mashallah, his marriage is 15 years intact, 10 years intact. And you're, you're like, wow, he's, how is he doing it, man? He comes to your brother, wallahi, I'm going through trouble. What shall I do? Yeah, akhi, get rid of her. Right? It's, it's like working towards, or, or someone tells you, for some people they give bad investment advice because they wish that person's wealth would go away. Yeah, Wallahi, I'm telling you, invest in this, man. And this, you, you, you almost can't imagine someone being that evil, right? But Wallahi, this marad of hasid, it goes that far. Why do you think Allah is telling us, protect us from it? Oh Allah protect us from the envious person when they envy us. Wallahi, they are sick people. And they have to give ilaj for themselves. This hasid is very dangerous, ikhwani fillah. And how do you stop hasid? By having a pure heart. By having, being content with what Allah has given you. Be content with what Allah has given you. And you know, you know what really destroyed this, ikhwani fillah? Social media. Social media has exposed us to a world, wallahi, you could easily say 30 years ago, people lived happier lives. Right? You have, you're constantly comparing yourself with people you probably would have never met. Right? Um, uh, they got married, they went on holiday, got a new car, new job, the breakfast they ate, they went out for food. Yeah, akhi, wallahi, this is so problematic. And it's problematic from two sides. Us who are absorbing other people's lives, and I would argue, it's not even real. A lot of times it's just a snapshot, it's not real, right? Kids, stand up straight, okay, okay, don't stop fighting and then take the picture and you think this is this family, they never had any mushkil in their life. That's not the case, they're just like any other family, but then they, they portray themselves that way and people watch this and watch this and watch this and they start comparing themselves. And you got wives looking and saying, yeah, he, that husband, he takes his wife out every day, what's wrong with you, right? And this is going to cause problems or look, they bought a new car, look what we're driving, right? Or they went on holidays, why didn't we? And this is gonna cause, so 
this is causing a problem for the viewer, right? Because you're constantly comparing yourself to others. Very unhealthy. Very unhealthy, right? And what did our Prophet say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with regards to dunya? Look at those who are below you so that you can appreciate the ni'mah more. Only look up with regards to deen. Not with regards to dunya, right? Have that mentality, ikhwan, if you like. Beautiful prophetic advice. Another ishkal with social media is not the person watching, but the person taking the images. If you're going to take images of your children and put them online, and your food and put it online, and your home, and your marriage, and your trips, and your holidays. And then later say, Shaykh, I think hasad has been done on me. What do you expect? When you have millions of people watching you, like, uh, this might cause problems, right? The people might have, give you the evil eye, it might have ayn. So, don't expose yourself, or put yourself in a position where others will look at you in a way where they will give you ayn. That's why they say, you are allowed to hide your ni'mah if you are worried of ayn. And this has to be sensible, right? This has to be sensible, right? You can't be hiding everything. And a good example of that is in the Quran. What did Prophet Yaqub say to his children? What did Prophet Yaqub say to his children? He said, لا تدخلوا من باب واحد وادخلوا من أبواب متفرقة. He said to his children, don't enter into the city gates from one, enter into many, spread out. Why? Twelve sons. Uh, strong, healthy, uh, similar age. This is going to cause fitna. People might do ayn on you. This is what the scholars say. So, and this is where they benefit from that sometimes uh, don't tell everyone about every good thing in your life. And be sensible about this. If you have a child, you can tell your friends and your family and people, Alhamdulillah, Allah has given me a child. There's nothing wrong with that, right? You do the aqiqah, you call people. Right? I'm not telling you hide everything. But imagine you know someone that's been trying to have children for, 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 for 20 years and Allah didn't give them. And the first day you call them, Akhi, Alhamdulillah, I got a child. This is very insensitive, right? So this is what I mean by being sensible in what you are doing. And uh, also, uh, this is where hasid comes from. When people start being exposed to others' ni'am and they want it. I'm going to conclude with this. Why are we talking about hasad? Because Allah mentioned that the reason why the Yahud or the Ahlul Kitab were envy, were wanted the Mu'mineen to become kuffar and disbelievers is what? They were envious from them. Hasadan, meaning and fusihim from themselves. There's one type of hasad that is allowed. The Prophet said in hadith, La hasada. There is no hasad that is allowed, illa fi ithnin except for two. Two times you're allowed to be hasid, in other words. What are those two times? The Prophet said, رَجُلٌ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ قُرْآنًا فَيُقْرَأُ بِهِ أَنَا أَلَيْهُ أَنَا أَنَهَارٌ Someone Allah gave the Qur'an, memorized the Qur'an, knows the Qur'an, and he يَتْلُوا أَنَا أَلَيْلِ وَأَنَا أَنَهَارٌ He's reading it day and night, praying night prayer. You can do hasad of him. Which hasad is that? Is that the hasad where you wish Allah? I wish he forgot the Qur'an? No, 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 ikhwan billah. It means, oh Allah, I wish I knew the Qur'an like he does, so that I can pray and recite like he does. That's the first one. On someone Allah gave wealth and he's giving infaq of it and he's spending on the people that need it day and night. So you're allowed to have hasid for that one as well. What kind of hasid? Don't wish that Allah removes his wealth but that Allah gives you similar wealth so that you can do the good that he is doing. Inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to conclude our lesson here. Barakallahu feekum. Hada wa akhru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.
This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.